0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the project. Folks, I'm so happy to have you. It's your host with Moe's Hopsy, baby boy. We had a huge week in week number two, shattering records, if you will. Ranked number, uh, coming in hot. I'm not going to say ranked, we came in hot. To number 173 in the comedy section on Apple Podcasts. That's where the pod Jack's gone comedy apparently. Like 173. Like how many podcasts are there in that section? That's I don't think that's very good. But it's hilarious to get a notification for that. And it's only the second week, so we're only going up for here from here. I uh, got a couple of ratings too. Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe. You can't just press play. You gotta subscribe to it on Apple. I'm hoping that this week it's gonna be out on Spotify. A lot of people are asking me if it was gonna be out on Spotify, so that'll happen this week. I'm hoping, and um, you gotta subscribe because if not, they have no idea that you listen to it. You know, it's a big thing. I'm just asking you that for me. That'd be huge. Um, the ratings are huge too, though. Um, I actually laughed out loud. Uh, someone gave me a three-star rating. Got a couple five stars, but someone gave, I got one three star right now, and I actually kind of, I actually laughed when I saw it. Like, I was picturing, hope maybe it's someone that knows me and doesn't like me, and that's fair, but maybe it was just someone, like, who doesn't know me at all, and just, like, listened to it and genuinely thought, like, wow, this is shit, and it kind of made me laugh, because, I was, I mean, is this, I had two episodes, so, like, could you, like, I don't know, I don't think I would go on and rate something that had two, I don't know, I'm asking people to rate it as I say that, and then, you know, what maybe they did truthfully. But it's pretty hilarious to see a three-star rating. Like, could you imagine going on and doing that? Like, realistically, I should take a barbecue scraper and just beat the wheels off this person. You know, the doctor says like you shouldn't even use those anymore, those steel scrapers, because maybe some of that comes off and get in your stuck in your meat, your burger. And you chomp that down; it's not good for you. We well, you know it's definitely not good for you. Giving me a three-star rating, and I beat the shit out of you with a barbecue scraper, and I got that thing don't in your throat. And I'm cleaning them it could be bad three-star rating well, we're going up from there folks I think it's hilarious that I got ranked into the comedy thing I don't know how that happens but also it was hilarious I apologize for swearing I have a bad mouth sorry mom it's bad I know I, I don't have a bad mouth but you know sometimes I swear when I should and I do on this podcast because I think it should flow naturally but um, I apologize for that I don't think swearing is cool but the podcast now has an E by it, which is kind of hilarious because like I didn't put that. I asked my buddy Matt, my producer, right now, Matt Donnelly. Shout out to Don's, the big dog on the dials, making sure this thing gets uploaded on time. He um, he didn't do that. So someone, maybe someone from Apple, listened to it, thought I had potty mouth. So I'm sorry that I got an E by there. you were question, advise, but anyways, enough of that. Um. I'm really happy to be doing this, episode three. I've been having a lot of fun. Um, it seems some people are listening, so I really enjoy that, getting some downloads, really want to make it happen, make this show better every week. Um, no guest this week again. Episode three is gonna be solo with myself. I am currently up in Timmins, Ontario, staying with my good buddy, Eric, Bob, Robichaux, great Northern Canadian French boy, French Canadian lad, great fella. Played last year in the coast with the Brampton Beast, Auto Centers affiliate. Beauty, good guy, good player. Just signed with Mulhouse over there in France, the Magnus League. Shout out to him. Signed the contract just today. Shout out to Roby. But we're up here hanging out. He um, invited me up. I came for a couple days. Um, very safe up here. You know, not a lot of cases with COVID. You know, I'm safe. I do not have it. So you know, don't worry about me. The transmission. I went by myself. I wear masks indoors, which is mandatory everywhere. Which is wild. But we're up here. We're fishing. We went fishing the other day in a lake. Can't tell you the lake. They call it Cougar Lake because it's a secret lake. You know that's a fisherman thing. You know, tell people your spots, right? I don't get to fish much, but these people fish a lot. I'm up there with them. We went to this lake and caught a bunch of beautiful pike. Couple big pike. Some pickerel. Is a pickerel. Is a walleye. Got an argument with a guy about that the other day. I think they're the same thing, but I don't know. People would probably argue me and say, the Pickerel live down there in Maine, and they're the cousin of the walleye up here in Wasadapie Lake. This is like some guy who knows a lot about fishing. If you know a lot about fishing, that's like all you want to talk about for sure. But I love fishing. I got out there, um, me and um, Roby there, and uh, another one of our buddies, we got out there. We did some fishing for a night, and it was really good. Amazing lake beautiful and like it's hilarious it was out on crown crown land i'm not going to tell you the name of the lake because it is a secret you know it is don't know how many people listen have ever even been to timmins it's actually beautiful up here in northern ontario so many trees great landscape very so many wild animals saw a bunch of moose seen some so many bears here i've just been here just about a week but uh we were out there on the crown land it was uh so it's in the middle of nowhere and this lake's out there and I asked my buddy Roby, like he's just throwing a boat motor like in the back of his Jeep, on this hilarious contraption that attaches to his hitch. But he just throws the boat motor in, and he's like, "Yeah, we're going fishing." So I'm, am assuming we're going in a boat, and so he's throwing the motor in. And I'm like, "Oh, there's a the boat," and he's like, "Oh, there's, there's, one there." I'm like, "You have a boat out there?" He's like, "No, there's a boat we can use." And I'm just like, wasn't really thinking much of it, but anyways, so we go out there, and it just, it just turns out that there's just like people just randomly like left boats in the bush some of them are locked up to trees and then this one we used wasn't so we just flipped it over threw the motor on it and got our stuff in it and we were on our way for the day did some good fishing but it was hilarious before that it was uh, about an hour from Timmins. um we're staying out at star lake that's where my buddy's cottage is out there so about 20 minutes from Timmins, uh, i guess what is that west but so we drive about an hour on the highway and then it's about 30 minutes uh, on a hilarious dirt road through the bush. And my buddy there has a Jeep Rubicon, like the off-road. So he takes that in through the bush. Most people would probably take a four-wheeler or something like that. But, you know, he, this thing can handle it. So we go through it on that. And for the first couple of kilometers, it's nothing crazy. But my buddy sees a big pack of partridge. And, like, you know, you, it's not hunting season, so you can't shoot them or anything. Not that he has a gun. But so he gives it a little jolt, like my buddy likes to eat, you know, the wild game. I'm not a hunter, never hunted a day in my life, but he tells me it's great to eat. I don't even think I've ever tried partridge, but I heard it's good. But, anyways, he sees him on the road, so he gives it. If you hit him with a car and they die, like, that's not. That's accidental death. I'm sorry, that's like cruel. Maybe it is. But if this guy. I didn't. This guy takes it and hits it and eats it, like, whatever. I don't know. I know people have different opinions about hunting or whatever, but, you know, whatever. So that's what he tries to do. I was howling, I thought it was kind of hilarious um, he pumps the brakes, he swears he hits it, I I say no way, anyways, he gets out, trying to see what's going on, nothing happens, we're just kind of fooling around, he's throwing rocks, anyways, he doesn't realize, but he throws his brand new iPhone, he just bought the new iPhone, it was like, paid cash for it, like, thousand bucks, straight up, wasn't part of his plan, so he did that a week ago, and then, so he's out there throwing rocks at Partridge, which is wild, and, um, throws his phone on the fender of the car when he goes out to do so. And he like had a water bottle, and he left it on the hood too, and he placed both of them there. Anyways, I remember seeing this. We get back in the car, we go, this is before on our way into fishing, we go get everything set up, he's looking for his phone, he realizes like, oh man, I must have dropped it. So of course, you know, we want to get fishing, but we double back for his phone, and can't find it, can't find it, do two or three takes, and then I'm like, well, what if it was out when you first got out and you thought to hit hit the partridge, because we got stuck a couple times, so we we got out a couple different times, check mud holes and whatnot, but, so I'm like, well, we should go all the way back to the original time you got out, maybe you dropped it there, so we do, we go all the way back, and we see, like, it's like a crime scene, we see the water bottle, so, like, he's, we can see where the jeep took off, you can see the tracks, and you can see the water bottle, I think it was like a chew bottle, like a spitter, and it's sitting there on the ground so I'm like oh my god so that I remembered seeing on the fender so I'm like so you drove away it fell off the fender and on the ground the phone must have been right beside it you must have put it on there he thought it was in his lap maybe when he got out I'm like you must put it on there so this is like CSI in our minds We're buzzing around so then I'm like it fell off up the road you probably started driving and it flew off so we start doing double takes thinking that it will only be a couple hundred meters up the road It's not, so we get in the car, we start driving, we start just doing double takes of the road. Eventually on like our third or fourth take back, I like spotted it just in the ditch. And I was so proud because like I never find, I can barely even find my keys when I'm trying to get out the house. And so I find this phone, finally, it took like 40 minutes and like it's one of those things, you know, when you think you're you're just never gonna get it. You just thought it was a lost cause and I thought I was just wasting fishing time looking for it, but you know, you're trying to be nice. You want to act like you want to look for it. You're like making an effort to look for it, but you're not really looking for it. But I actually found it. I was very impressed with myself. So, anyways, that's a terrible story, but here we go. We went fishing. It's been great. Um, Timmins is wild. Uh, I'd never been up here. Um, it's it's literally great. I don't think many people have. For anyone that doesn't know, Timmins is about eight, nine hours north of Toronto. It's, it's way up there. It's four and a half hours north of North Bay. And, you know, there's t- there's stuff north of it. But, like, if you look at it on a map, it literally looks like it's, like, a, not even halfway up Ontario. Like, there's there's so... Like, Ontario is so massive. And, like, everyone just lives in the south end of it. There's a couple towns up north, you know, you go... But after, like, North Bay and Sault Ste. Marie, like, there's nothing to, like, Thunder Bay. And then after Thunder Bay, you know, there's Dryden. There's Dryden before... Yeah, Dryden's after Thunder Bay. I can't remember, but... You know, there's it's just so big and it's so spread out and like if anyone's ever driven across Canada, like it literally takes like 24 hours just to drive through, like just of straight driving, to get through Ontario. It is a big chunk of land. Uh, it's wild, but I got to take a couple new roads. I'm a big road warrior. Got my anyone who knows me, I got a Dodge Dakota 2008. My parents are listening. They're probably like, it's mine?" But I'm like, I've just uh, inherited this great Dodge Dakota taking it everywhere i had this uh, i first took it when i was uh, i think i was 19 and i was playing hockey i had that with me in alberta i ended up driving it all the way out to new brunswick for a year when i was 20 in new brunswick i just said um i had it put the tires in the uh, atlantic ocean and uh it hasn't been all the way to vancouver but it has been to vernon bc uh, it's been to Birmingham, Alabama, where I was playing hockey. It was with me in North Bay for years. It's with me up here in Timmins now. I believe that might be the furthest north it's ever been. But I got to put I put I've put some miles on my truck. I have, and I and I don't want to get a new truck. I know, I, I I everyone has a lot of people chirp me. My windshield looks like a cobweb, and it needs to be fixed 100%. And I do have some rust. I'm not proud of. Um, I'd love someone to help me get rid of that rust if you're a car guy get in touch with me I'm not really that great with that stuff need some help in Alberta they don't use salt there's just sand they take care of their vehicles there Ontario they it's like salt and pepper all over the road there I come out there to college and next thing you know two years later I'm driving a rust bucket and it's just getting worse like I'm debating getting in buying maybe I'll buy a new bed to my truck. If you're selling a 2008 Dodge Dakota bed, I'll buy it. I'm on the hunt for one. If you've seen one, call me and let me know. All right? Enough's enough. Crazy stuff going on right now, folks. Sports are back. So hot. So crazy what's going on. The MLB is an absolute disaster right now. I was so pumped for it to get back, even though I don't think I've watched a single full game yet, or a single, maybe I've watched like one inning. Um, but they're not doing it well. Games are postponed. They've got meetings left and right. I guess now they're going to go to the doubleheader format. They're going to go to make the season end quicker. I don't know if they're keeping the same amount of games. I'm sure they are trying to, but they're going to go to doubleheaders only. They're going to play two seven-inning games a night, try to wrap things up quicker because guys are dropping like flies. And it's scary. Like a guy in Boston, I forget the name, he's a pitcher, he got COVID, he got healthy again. But now he's out of the lineup because of a heart complication from COVID. So, like, COVID is scary. It's definitely real. I don't know if the MLB MLB is doing it very well, though. No bubble. Kind of a hilarious decision. So they're traveling. They're going to major U.S. cities where this is a huge problem. Massive problem. Not a surprise the Miami Marlins had six COVID cases in their team before a game against the Phillies one of the first weekends like the first weekend of the year there and now the Phillies haven't played a game since then the Phillies and Jays are supposed to be playing as I speak and that's postponed so it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen I hope they don't have to end up canceling the season but it, it's made the NHL and MO, NBA, NBA look pretty good in their idea to do the bubble I hope that keeps working out I mean it seems in the NBA it is working out pretty well because they're in the middle of Florida 500,000 plus cases of covid and that, i'm saying that that could be days dated like this could be way higher than that now just a joke but at least they're, they're doing it right they're absolutely wild though with their like the the amount of uh black lives matter like um stuff on their programming right now is crazy and i know like it's a great cause 100 percent and um I know that many of their players have probably been through situations of absolute like brutal racism and, and whatnot, you know, given their backgrounds and where they had to grow up. And I'm sure they've been exposed to a lot of crazy things like this. So I'm not saying it's not a great cause, but it's pretty crazy. Like the courts got it on there. Like the, the commercials have it. Um, the name bars have, um, whatever they basically what they want to say for social justice cause. Um, it's funny, I get my buddy was watching the game the other day and he says to me, he's like, whose name, holy, look at how long that guy's name is. And I'm like, buddy, it says Black Lives Matter. That's not his last name. He's like, Kawhi, like their name bars are below their number. Which I think looks weird, but why are they there? Is it because they didn't take the choice to use their name bar for a social justice issue? I wonder how that works in the room too, like, in an NBA locker room a guy like LeBron James doesn't put Black Lives Matter matters on his jersey but numerous guys in the locker room do. Do you think that that pisses people off in the room, the Lakers? Or the same thing with the Clippers? Because Kawhi doesn't put Black Lives Matters or whatever he thinks on the back of his jersey, do guys get rattled at that? Like, I always wonder that about, like, man, like pro sports is such a dynamic, and I think that the last dance documentary really gave us kind of a good indication of how it all works. Maybe more of, like, it showed more of the business side. You know, some people would argue that it wasn't even a great documentary, which I think is asinine. I think it was absolutely brilliant sport documentary that I hope inspires more from hockey, other sports I hope it just inspires people to do that kind of a format because it was so well done it was so interesting to me and I'm not even a big basketball guy but I loved it but it shows like kind of how money can affect how a team dynamic can come into play like I don't know I've played hockey my whole life and I still do and the team dynamics are always such a big thing to a team's success like if a team doesn't mesh well it it doesn't work you got to be boys in the room to go to war on the ice, in the court, in the field, whatever you're doing. If that doesn't happen, you have nothing. You need to be a unit. So, with these guys, how have so much money, and guys are getting maybe underpaid in, in these profession, like you know, the major sports leagues. Like, how much does that affect the locker room? And I'm sure guys talk about it to a degree on stuff like spit and chicken and stuff, but they still don't want to say that. They don't want to talk about their money, and and really express, like, what's going on in their minds and, like, how that team dynamic actually was. And, like, the thing you got to think about, too, is, like, I wish you could almost have, like, a fly-in-the-wall camera because even the people's stories, the people that are saying, like, the people that, even the players that are telling the stories exactly how they remembered it, it's cut with their version, right? Like, it's cut with their perception of the scenario, what it was like in the room, and I don't know. This is totally not what I wanted to talk about, but I just kind of got off on that. It's just interesting. It's interesting. But uh, hockey's back, most importantly. And I'm so fucking fired up about it. Um, I don't know how this is all going to turn out with this COVID cup kind of thing. But it's been fun watching some games. I've been trying to get this done, this podcast I wanted to have done. Because the Flames are playing right now. And I really wanted to see them. The Flames Jets. That's going to be a good series. Flames need to be buzzing here. So I'm a Flames fan and a Leafs fan. Luckily enough, eh? I have two favorite teams. How lucky am I? But I will say I'm from Calgary, so I'm obviously a Flames fan. I Loved watching the team. That was from the town I grew up in. But I've always been a Leafs fan. The history. That's the best hockey team. That's just like when I think of hockey, I think of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Hall of Fame in Toronto. Like Toronto. Like I just feel like the hockey mecca. It's weird. Like Toronto to me, like the city. When I think of the Toronto, the city, I don't think of it as tr- the Toronto Maple Leafs. To me, is just make this like. That area, that hollowed ground, the ACC or the Scotiabank Arena, sorry, now, and like Maple Leaf Garden, the Hall of Fame, like that all intertwined. That's such a historic landmark in my mind. But, anyways, so if Toronto played Calgary in the final, I'm choosing for a seven game series, but I want Toronto to win that series. And I would die happy. If I could ever see that, a Toronto Flames Stanley Cup final, are you fucking serious? I'd absolutely lose it. I'm doing this podcast, Roby's having a nap inside, I'm trying to wrap it up so then I'm going to wake him up We'll come out here and crush and watch the rest of the Flames game, but it's it's been great to watch hockey again, it's hilarious that they literally had one exhibition game and now they're hopped into this, so I wonder how the boys are feeling out there, but one of my favourite things though is Shea Weber is healthy, I have to say I think Shea Weber right now is my favourite hockey player. And he's, I've, he's probably been my favorite player to watch for a long time. And literally, like, he puts up good numbers and puts up good points. He's so underappreciated. And in this new age nerd world with Corsi advanced stats and all this bullshit, it's all got to be, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean, the new age. I don't want to say the new age hockey like everyone does and Twitter and all that bullshit. But, like, the new age fan wants all this flash and stuff. So, like, the peak thing for me, I love Weber. And, like, when he got traded for Subban, people still talk about that today, like, arguing why they did it. Like, I think, personally, you're an idiot to think that Montreal didn't win that trade. Obviously, trading a fan favorite like P.K. Subban is never easy. Honestly, trading stars for stars just, like, it just never works out. Like, no one's ever going to be happy. But... You can't say that the Montreal Canadiens didn't win that trade. Like even looking at numbers, I don't care if Subban has more numbers. Like Shea Weber is like a god, man. He's so good. If you actually appreciate hockey and you're watching it for what the game really is and how you actually play it to win hockey games, and you really zone in on Shea Weber, you will be blown away. I have such a crush on this guy. Like we were watching him the other night, even an exhibition. But I was watching him right before I came out here and and hopped on here for the pod. He like, d- does these little things that just blow my mind. And I'm someone that really appreciates the little things because as a guy that still plays and doesn't put up points and doesn't do anything, I pride myself in the little things. Like, if you came and watched me play hockey, I would be the most boring player ever. You probably wouldn't even notice on the ice if you didn't know me. Like, you wouldn't even notice that I was out there. And that's, people like, my. if my parents are listening, they're probably like, oh, that's, Harrison, stop it! That's probably what my mom's saying. But... It's true, and I kind of mean that in a good way, being a staying home. Anyways, I'm getting off. That doesn't even fucking matter, but Shea Weber is so nasty at the little things. Like, if you watch a guy dump the puck into Shea Weber's corner, watch what he does. He does these little things all the time in little puck battles, little puck races, where he, like, stick lifts the guy before he either of them get to the puck, so then the guy's stick's not even in play, and he's such a big body. While he does it, he kind of, like, pre-bodies the guy before he even touches the puck, and then instead of having this guy just forecheck you and you pick up the puck and get smashed from behind in the boards or something, or just get smashed in general, this guy just like eliminates the guy coming to him on the puck. And then he goes in, he's such a big body, he, he takes it and makes a good play right away. Or like so, he'll be like losing a battle and a guy will think he's like stripped him and he's got that big reach and he'll just reach around and poke the puck out and just get it up to someone who will move it out of the zone. Like, just little things like that. He's just, oh, he's unbelievable. He's got the big shot. He wears the C. I hate the Canadians, but I love Shea Weber. I absolutely love him. I absolutely love Sidney Crosby, too. And I love these old, like, vets. I, I just love watching the vets. And I love the new age players, too, like McDavid, Matthews. All these guys are awesome. The NHL's in a pretty good place. I wish there was more fighting. and wish it was a little more, I wish there was some more rivalries. But I, I gotta say, the NHL's in a pretty good place, but... Crosby, unbelievable. Watching him tonight, he banks went off Carey Price's foot. Like, he's just such a god. I love him. And I hope that he's got years of hockey left. It was like, I think it was yesterday, it was like the 15th anniversary of him being in the league. Can you believe it's been 15 fucking years? It's crazy, man. I was in like sixth grade when he came into the league. And fuck, man, he's been a, he, I still think he's one of, I wouldn't say he's my favorite player, but like he's my favorite star. He's like, I I still think he's the best player in the game. Like, yeah, McDavid might be better in a skills contest. He might put up more points. But like, at the end of the day, right now in the NHL, the best person you can have on your team, if you're trying to win the Stanley Cup, which is the end goal, it's not to have great Corsi stats, advanced stats, to have more fucking shot blocks, to have more clean zone entries, all these stupid fucking things they take into account now. Puck possession under pressure his clean five-on-five takeaways, his five-on-four takeaways, and you have to take into account that a lot of the times back-checking and change... The stuff they're talking about is... I'm talking about winning fucking hockey games and winning a fucking trophy. The one guy you want your team is fucking Sidney Crosby, and if you tell me not differently, you're wrong, and you're just stupid, and you're not trying to win cups. You're trying to make a point that you think better than someone else, in the game when you're trying to think that you're going to work some strategy. You're not. Sidney Crosby is the best winner right now in the game. Anyways, I don't know why I got off like that and started talking like that. I felt like I was like a 1950s sportscaster. And that actually would feel fucking great. I was in. I was going to go to school for uh, radio broadcasting, journalism, bullshit. And I didn't. I went and did business and said, I don't know if that was a mistake. But now me coming onto the project here acquiring my viewership, um, I think this is a better route, you know, I listen to a lot of radio, like, tons of radio, and I, the radio personalities out there right now, they're not good, I'm exposed to some new ones now that I know, I hate, I didn't really like the ones in, when I lived in North Bend, I never listened to them, but I love the ones in Calgary, well, I loved radio when I was little, but right now, if, radio's tough, and when they're on there, you can't say what you want to say, project, I say what I fucking want to say, um... I got to stop apologizing for what I'm saying, though. I feel like I always used to do that, and I still do that, and I'm not doing that anymore. When I say what I say, it's what I say. So when I say when I say it, you're going to hear what I say, because what I said when I said it is what I said when I say it. You know what I'm fucking saying? And if you don't know what I'm fucking saying when I say it, stop not saying things when I say it. It's simple, dude. Like, it's fucking insane. COVID-19, folks, It's 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 not really going away. Is it, though? I don't know was talking to my buddy the other day, he's from Nova Scotia, says there hasn't been a case in 15 days, and now masks are mandatory, which is weird. Also in Ontario, they just announced that grades 4 to 12 will be required to wear masks, and grades below that is not required, but is recommended. I mean, I guess. I'm not against masks. I think if they work... In, in, i don't think it's wrong like i mean just saying like i think we're trying to stop it but i just think right now with the rates they are it's just funny that now we're making masks mandatory i feel like most people don't even care about this pandemic anymore It's back to business as usual which is a problem because it's not really but i did read today that the economy in canada is running at ninety percent of what it was pre-covid and in the last two months they made half of back of what we lost from like that big collapse we had in like March, April because of all this COVID madness, all the, everything shutting down like it did. And you know, well, we've, we've done pretty well, Canada, even though I don't think they talk about that. It's a lot of uh, bullshit about, you know, what's going on with our government, the Wii scandal. Um, I realized when I, I listened to it back quick, when I put that audio in there, you could probably barely hear it. And it was kind of out of context, but it was fun to get in there and, you know, try and showcase that. I didn't catch the uh, actual bit there where Trudeau came on. I read about it online, though, and it's so hard to even understand what happened because, like, if you read it from someone who's clearly left-wing, it's so... Like, they'll tell you that he did a great job, and then everyone on the right side, like, tells you he did terrible, and he got absolutely roasted by Pierre Pauvier, or whatever his name is. So, I don't know. I was going to talk about that this week. Honestly, Didn't read up and on it enough, so fuck that. But it turns out that the U.S. in a way is basically just printing money. They're literally literally just printing money out of thin air. Like so their Federal Reserve doesn't literally print paper dollars. That's the job of the U.S. Treasury. But because of all this bullshit, COVID fucking crazy shit... The Fed instead makes large asset purchases on the open market by adding newly created electronic dollars to the reserves of banks. The fuck does that mean? So, the Federal Reserve doesn't literally print out paper dollars, that's the job of the Treasury. But they collect taxes and they issue debt at the direction of Congress, but... The Fed has instead made these large asset purchases on the open market by adding newly created electronic dollars to the reserves of banks, like the big ones, like Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. Are those all banks? Anyways, this is kind of fucking crazy. I don't, like, I'm reading that, and then... But then I hear about how, like, the unemployment all is so crazy down there in the States. And, like, they didn't get CERB or EI, like, weeded up here. Makes me wonder, like, I think that, what I just was, that blurt, I just, that was from USA Today. But where does, like, I'm wondering about how Canada's doing that. Like, how, like, it's honestly crazy, like, and they say, like, the world's, like, too, too. Tr- 217 trillion dollars in debt or something like that how the fuck so we're like we're just printing money like so at what point like people always argue that money is supposed to be hard worked for it's supposed to be derived from taxes and there's going to be a rhyme and a reason everything we do but now in these times of crisis when we just print money out and it's not the first time the states has done that for sure like in world war ii and stuff they were printing money left and right like I think, like fifteen percent of the war, or something like that, was like fully financed from like money that was just like made up because they needed it. I believe it's 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 wild. So how is Canada deriving all this serve money? And I actually someone made a good point to me the, today. Actually, and, and what's the point of what's the point of like paying down your debt? You know, that's always like a huge thing is always like balancing the budget, balancing the budget. And I always thought about that in my head as like being something that's quite important. Like I am all for social issues, 100%. Like I want everything that is being brought up. You know, I want to resolve. I wish I could resolve all the problems in the world, 100%. I feel like that should be like more on our role as citizens. That should be society's goal. That should be like... That should be what we band together to do as society. That's how we fight racism. We fight um, things like hunger, like all these like abuse, mental addiction, all this stuff. I feel like society, we need to band together and we need to find solutions for this. We need to find solutions for how we can fix these things. But as for politics, I feel like politics should... We want these people to be d- using our tax dollars effectively, like, we give so much money away. And, like, I used to think this stuff didn't matter, but, like, when you start giving all this money away to a government, you want to know what they're doing with it, and you want them to be doing the right things with it, and it should be doing things that matter. So, like, but I just feel like now it's just, like, how does it get to the point where it doesn't even matter about debt, really? Like, why would you want to put down the debt? Like, I just said, I tried to get on that earlier, but, like, if you're going to not fill in the potholes in your city if you're not gonna have nice infrastructure you're not gonna spend money on on social services childcare education you're gonna make all these budget cuts because you need to get down debt get down debt because you know we're spending outside of our means we're not we're just adding on to that number it makes sense like why is it even attractive to try to cut down the budget because if you cut down the budget you're just shrinking how we're able to Support each other through politics. It just doesn't make sense. It's an odd system. It's a very odd system, and I'm not. Uh, I don't I'm not a genius. I don't know everything about the law, but or now, sorry, the law. How all this works, and but I'm definitely questioning how I bel- how I think on a lot of it now because you just it just it's very odd how it all happens. You know. And I keep saying not a political podcast. And it it's not a political podcast. It's not. Enough of that. But I you know, just something to think about. And I would and I would love to convert. hopefully I'm gonna have guests on that are very smart people in this regard. And I'd love to have conversations and through this podcast, I'm gonna educate myself on what's going on more with our policy. How that affects our economy and our market and this is all stuff that's very important to Canada and I think this is all stuff that we should all care about. And I don't think it is boring. I think it's something that we should fucking take seriously. And I would love to know more about it. But enough of the politic Doc. Last thing I'll say is big shout out to uh, Matthew Dumba. He uh, took a kneel there during the anthem in, in an NHL game and for the uh, Oilers-Blackhawks game, Subban there, the goalie, Malcolm Subban, and Darnell Nurse came and put their arms on his shoulder in a solidarity movement for social justice and the Black Lives Matter movement. I didn't hear his speech yet, but, you know, I was pretty, uh, pretty bold of the guy to go down on one knee like that, and, you know, <laughs> it's just so, I, I don't... I don't get why people get so. It's just a hilarious topic because, like, I don't get why people get so upset about this. I'm like, if this is what these people are doing to make their voices heard in the way that could derive change, like, I don't understand why it's a big deal. Like, I used to, it, I used to think too. Like, I used to literally think like, why do? Like, I understand what these people are always fighting for, but why do they have to do it during the anthem? Like, I don't get why that's the for, that's the time to use it. But, I mean, this is a clearly a way that people are voicing how they need to express change. And the NHL is the old boys club, as always. And I thought that was actually pretty cool that he did that. I actually know, man, I used to play, I played Bantam hockey with Dumba. Just hilarious. Hopefully one day I'll try to get him on the show. <laughs> I'm sure he'd laugh. But we had we'd have some good stories, but I thought that was pretty cool. Like a lot of people were pumped up. Twitter was obviously blowing up about that. You know, it's just funny. Like the NHL is just funny. Like their fan base is hilarious. Like there was a bunch of like the old crowd. You know, the old boys crowd. Not I'm, I'm saying the old boys crowd. I shouldn't even say that because that's how people classify them. But obviously, there's people that. Hockey's hockey, and they want it to stay the same. They want it to be traditional. And, you know, they see these players lining up on the blue lines together. And they are all. It's for the Black Lives Matter thing. They're showing. They're banding together for equality. But it's just. You get these guys saying, like, well, back in the day, like, these players would never line up beside each other. And I understand that because they wouldn't have. Because they would have started beating the fucking wheels off each other. But I just feel like right now, with the way everything's going, like, and let's let the boys line up together and let's not worry about that right now. But then I also don't understand why like people are like upset with people that think that way. I'm like, well, you know why they think that, because they're talking about a hockey perspective. They're saying that they sh- the team shouldn't be lining up beside each other because they want to kill each other. They're not saying that they're lining up because they don't believe in the cause. And I'm sure some of them actually are saying that. And I'm not defending those people, but... I just laugh at like so many people and especially when you're online people are like getting mad at people just because of their opinions but like you're not pr- you because you that's the problem with it online you can't take into account sometimes like how old someone is or like I don't know and maybe I'm not even that fact like I was people like if someone has a differing opinion from me I will never like dislike them I feel like that's like what happens nowadays obviously but it's just so often that people just like can't see why someone would think that way, and maybe like, oh, maybe they don't mean anything by that. It's been good, honestly. The, um, the NHL, though, I wonder how they'll market that. After we'll see how this goes. Like this could be a very big moment, you know, duma going down on the knee like that. It's the first time in the NHL anyone's ever do- maybe like ever kneeled during the anthem. So, and he wasn't even playing in the game, so I don't know how it all came about that he was gonna do this so this was obviously planned so this is actually a good move by the NHL because the NHL so often is awful like I could What what's an NHL marketing meeting like like they must bring in all the people they must sit at the table and be like all right let's go on all the boys social media pull it up and upload it we're gonna upload it if they have a story upload it that's all that's what they do must be pretty fucking easy to work for the NHL Marketing division. Let's just throw the boys' Snapchat stories up. Fucking P.K. Subban and Lindsey Vonn pillow fight in the fucking bedroom. Makes me want to beat my head off the goddamn concrete floor. Who's filming this shit? Do they have an intern? I fucking, like, I don't care. I don't want to see them working out. I fucking hate that. Like I get it it's cool like Lindsey Vaughn's a sweet athlete too and they're buzzing around but it's like makes me want to throw up like who's filming this no one's running like they're not running around this house candid another way that the like, the Montreal Canadiens won the Weber trade I love PK Subban I love him I hate the videos with Lindsey Vaughn they're fucking they got to go don't do that anyone don't do that Subban's got to stop with the social media shit right now. He's going to be unbelievable at it when he's done hockey. He's going to be a persona. He's going to be like bigger. He's going to be like biz nasty. He's going to just take off. But he's a good player, dude. I want him to just buzz on the ice. I want him to have a big year. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's another way the Weber trade was won. I'm joking. Anyways, folks, I'm rambling on. This is episode three, folks. Forty minutes in, well fuck me. We got on to it, didn't we, the, the folks, eh? We got onto a little bit of a subject there, on the project, a little project, a little subject. Here we go, baby Episode three, thanks for coming by!